Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the NBA Exchange. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code NBAEX. Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep. That's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play. Download the Prize Picks app today. What's good, everybody? Ain't Hard to Sell Podcast, episode 225. Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca here, coming to you live today. And it's a very interesting day because we're going to talk some Celtics and Heat. Brian, not in a good mood after the team that he uh, does a lot of work on. So no, that, that, gonna... that's, that's not why I'm not in a good mood. I'm having some fucking technical difficulty, fucking issues here with, you know, fucking microphones not being picked up and shit so if you're watching this or listening to this you'll notice that my sound is probably a little bit different yeah uh if you you know if you get a blue yeti just beware the motherfuckers are quite sensitive yeah I, I used one before for this podcast brian i was talking about that and uh sometimes those ports come loose come on blue yeti y'all gotta step it up with the port game seriously uh, so brian's not annoyed because of that but Fucking uh sensitive ass microphone yo <laughs> fuck Blue Yeti, come on, can't, man. You can't got, withstand shit. <laughs> you move it a little bit and the port port comes out. But we're going to talk some Celtics heat today. Uh, heat losing game four last night, 102 to 82. They got smacked. But we got somebody to talk about things with us on the Celtics side. Last week, we had Greg Sylvander up here to talk about things on the heat side. We got our guy who is great in covering the Celtics. He does stuff for CLNS Media. He's in Boston right now, enjoying a nice sunny day outside. Josue Pavon. Josue, what's up, man? Josue, do we we have you live or are you delayed? Great start. Josue, it looks like he's a little bit delayed with the technical difficulties. We're going to have you sign back in. Uh, and come back, and we'll be with him in a second. Josue will join us in one second. He will be there. But as I said, the Celtics falling to the Heat last night, 102-82. to 82. The Heat offense, hmm, not looking good, man. Not looking good at all whatsoever. Uh, Brian, I was oh, – I shouldn't say I was stunned. I've had issues with the Heat's offense all season long, um, and particularly – certain players in this playoffs, which Brian, I'll be give Brian credit. Brian had got on some of these players who haven't shown up consistently in the playoffs. Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, their inconsistencies. Bam Adebayo looks great in game three, Brian. And then, what? what? Boston went into a drop and, you know, they really didn't want him to get 30 again, and he did not. He he was not the the – the, the most of their problems last game. No, I, last I don't, game I, don't was, th- I don't think so. No. Last game was absolutely a collective effort. Uh <laughs> I would like Josue to get in here if he could figure out what's going on. See, this is why this is why I don't fuck with Boston. You know what I'm saying? Because you be up there and then your connection goes bad and shit. And it's like come <laughs> How on, are man. you blaming this on Boston? That's where he's at, I'm sure. It's, it, it, I, that is where he's at, but it just happens one place. I've done Toastways been on my show before. He's had look, I'm gonna, look as a New Yorker, maybe less so for you and I because we're Met fans, but we're conditioned to not like Boston. Okay, and I don't like it for other reasons, but yes, right. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, look, we 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 were watching the game, and uh, like ESPN has this lust for crowd shots in the Boston Garden, and 
if you are somebody who thinks a certain way about Boston, it'll reaffirm what you think. If you're somebody who tries to defend Boston at every turn and be like, hey, they're not that bad or they're not that this, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. it doesn't really do you any favors because it's just a whole bunch of white jersey, jersey, you know, big T-shirt under the jersey, frat boy looking dudes um, who are being close up on women who all look the same. This is, you know, it just looks like everything that everything I mean, that people assume about Boston, that's what it looks like. And then, and then here's the other thing that pisses yeah. me off, which I would get into this when Josue gets here, but we don't know if he's going to fix his connection. He's back. I think we got him back. We got him back. One second. But go ahead. Make your point. No, 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 no. He has to hear this because I... <laughs> He has to, he has to hear I'm, this. I'm, making, back, I'm waiting until he gets. I'm waiting until he gets his camera to, set up. To, but he's, to, he's 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 right there. Yeah. But to 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 reiterate, like about the game specifically last night, like yeah, I think with uh, Bam, like that that's been my issue in terms of just the offensive inconsistency because the defense typically is there. Last night, not as much, but the defense, mm-hmm. he's as good as any defender on the planet. Offensively, he has all those tools that he needs to. You know, be and I don't think he ever needs to be somebody who averages twenty five points a game. That's not what I'd be looking for, because realistically, if you're going to defend like that, switch as much as he does or whatever, I don't want you being a top two option on my offense. I want you to be the third option. And the fact that he still gets nineteen and ten on average, uh, without having any plays drawn up for him and without like being somebody that they go to regularly, is impressive enough for me. But. I mean, you did. This is a far, this is a far different cry from someone you thought could uh, be a Kevin Garnett light. You know, it, it's 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 a lot different from. But that. I still do because you show that in Game Three. But that's the tease. And here's the thing. Like, what, here's the thing. Because I was talking to somebody about this last night, and they were asking me about the Kevin Garnett thing. And then you're like, you do realize Kevin Garnett was this is that. And I'm like, I know he's my favorite power for whatever. I'm just saying, Bam Adebayo has those tools. Now. Has he been as good as Kevin Garnett so far? No. Kevin Garnett also didn't win a playoff series until like his 10th year. All right. So, like, <laughs> like, what are we really doing with uh, the my, 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 my thing, though, is Kevin he Garnett. Averaged, he averaged big numbers, and he also played like 40 minutes a game. So, what are we doing? My, my thing is, like, Kevin Garnett with his talent clearly could be a number one option. I'm not saying that you're saying this. I don't think Bam Adebayo could do that. I, I mean, saying, he, he was. I'm also not he saying was, that he, he has was. to be that. Look, he was, and where did he get? Because he didn't win shit until he was a number three option in Boston. Yeah, you know, I, like <laughs> yeah, but but like, he I, the, like I know, I know. Look, I love Kevin Garnett, so I don't want to do this. But I'm just saying, in terms of all I'm saying when I when I make that comparison is that those are the tools that he has. And defensively, we don't even like defensively. He's already but. No, offensively, defensively, great. I, yeah. I have no qualms on Offensively, that. those are the tools he has. I don't want to see Bam Draymond Green. I want to see him closer to the Kevin Garnett comparison that I think he's capable of. And if it takes mm. time, so be it. He's twenty. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to continue this discussion. Another time. No, we're not. We, got, we got his. We got Josue with us. He's back. It looks like he's fine. Josue, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm better now. I'm better now, guys. Sorry about that. There you go. Oh, I'm you, not. Am I not glitching? You're better. You, you got outside. You got inside, away from that Boston sunshine. Uh, you don't get you it often, man. I had to take advantage. I tried to take advantage of the scenery and everything. I, listen, I understand. Did you? I don't. Did you hear your man Brian Fonseca? He was about to like go in. I on did. Boston. I did. did. You, I do you have anything to say about that? Do we have enough time to even talk about that Kevin Garnett comparison? Why? Yeah, What's oh, going on oh, right we, now? oh, we do. Oh, we do. So, <laughs> I feel like I feel like Brian was just trying. I wasn't trying to troll anybody. Brian has said this way before this, but I, I said I, in 2019. He said 2019. I thought yeah. he was wrong then. I still think he's wrong now. But I mean, 2020, you could have tried to make that case. But now, come on, Brian. He's but, but, in. He doesn't no, want but, that kind of smoke on the offensive end, especially but, with Rob Williams out there. So that's why – that's my issue with him, right? Because my thing is he has those tools, but he doesn't utilize them often enough. And they don't even call shit for him on offense. Like they but don't throw up plays for him on offense. Yeah, but I feel right like there. he's not the. I feel like he's not the same offensive player though. Like like two years ago when these two teams were going at it, he was a problem. And Rob Williams wasn't the defender he is now. You know, there was a lot going on. I mean, both teams were were pretty different. I mean, the core were relatively the same, but they were different, different stages. Now mm-hmm. I don't know what happens in his offense, but. The Miami Heat did an incredible job unlocking it in Game Three. That's exactly what I expected them to do. To that extent, no, I wasn't ready for that. But you know, I, I to your point, Brian, he does have that in him. But he's not the kind of player that you can rely on 
to do that offensively. And, and I think the Miami Heat, that, that that would go a long way in this series, especially when you look at what happened in game three. The Celtics, look, he took it to Al Horford three straight possessions, you know, and that's exactly what he wanted. The one-on-one, no double team in the open space, you know, but what, what the Miami Heat didn't anticipate, in my opinion, was that Al Horford would come back and defend the way he did in game four. Like, that's the thing in the series, man. Every two days, you know, it, it's, a, it's a quick turnaround. Like, at the end of the day, that old man's strength is going to come back every once in a while, and it has. It has in a big way in this in this postseason. You know, and that's not a knock on Al, but look, but my point is I don't think Bam's offense is strong enough to, to be the guy that he used to be, you know, especially when you're going up against Rob right, Williams wait, and the wait, Celtics. Wait, wait. The Celtics because defense is much different. We're, we're talking about Bam like he's past his prime. Like, all right, like, let, 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 let's reel be. it in a he little bit. Be. You know what I'm saying? He's 20. Well, Brian, what happened? Like, what happened to his <laughs> offense? Like, I don't know. Like, what happened? Because so, hold so wait. He, so before here, before so Brian, before wait, wait, Brian wait, jumps no, in there. No, 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 no. Before, are, you saying that, are you saying that he's just not aggressive enough? Because that's something yeah. Brian has brought Brian has brought up too that he would like to see him more aggressive, and I don't disagree with Absolutely. Brian on that. You know what? Four, but, but four, six with, in game two, four, four eight, uh, seven in game one. Like, with all just... that, with all that being said, and that's that's been look, that's been the big issue with him primarily these last couple of years. With all that being said, like he's still somebody who averages nineteen, ten, and like four without really having anything drawn up for him offensively in the regular season. In you know what I mean? Well, in the conference finals two years ago, he was averaging like 22 and 10 and was the best player in the Eastern Conference if Finals. If that guy was in the series, the Celtics would be in, they'd be in, I don't know, I don't want to say they'd be doomed, but it would, well, it would, no, but, I would but favor, the Celtics, I'd favor Miami to win it. The Celtics, are also, the Celtics are also a better defensive team now because they have Al Horford and because Robert, you know, Williams. Robert Williams is a better version of himself, which right. that's the other thing that annoys me too. Is like, I would like for them, not even just bam. I would like for all of them to attack Robert Williams because I am not fucking scared of Robert Williams. Like I think Robert is Williams bam is really, scared of Robert Williams. I think Robert, he can't do nothing against him. I think Robert yeah. Williams, I think Robert Williams is really good, but he's not somebody that I would be fucking scared of. So that I don't understand this fear. Like once he get onto the court, just he's gonna well, block his shot. That, but that's, that's go up and thing, get though. your I, shot blocked. Then I don't, but you, I don't but think the problem with yeah. problem with Miami's offense is when they fall into jump shot shooting land and they're trying to shoot over the drop and they're not hitting their shots. A lot of times they're gonna drive and they're gonna drive to kick. And this is a point that I've been sort of pounding on all playoff long. They drive too much simply to kick without intention to finish. If you're driving to kick and not driving to finish, you're not going to get your fucking open threes because how do you get open threes? You get open threes by attacking the basket. You need variance in your offense. And if you're just settling for those long jumpers, that's not going to help Bam either. So, so like, if you're going to open up your offense and actually have a right flow, you need balance. And if you're not going to attack Robert Williams, you're not going to attack Al Horford, yes, that's difficult, but you're going to need that balance. That's why Victor Oladipo getting in and doing what he did last night mattered, even though it didn't. But, like, it's important to attack the basket is the point. That's my issue with Tyler Hero also, because as yeah, good as he's been, I was just gonna say, yeah. as good as he's been, and he's been eating up drop coverage all year long, getting into his pull-up mid-range jumpers, and he's good at that shit. I'm not as high on him as some other people from the Heat. Uh, not the Heat, but Heat fans, etc. I think he can be really good, but I think that, He's closer to the ceiling than some people might think, whatever the case may be. But anyway, I think with him, though, he doesn't attack the basket enough. And if he doesn't attack the basket enough, you're going to basically live and die with your jumper because you're only getting three free throw attempts per game. So if they're not going to attack the basket, then I don't know. But as you said, Josue, this shit changes so much because game one, the Celtics won uh, three quarters, as Celtics fans like to say. But they got their ass whooped in the third, and he ended up winning that game. They kicked Miami's ass in game um, two. Miami kicked their ass back in game three. And then, you know, like it's been a 2 2 series, but we didn't get here necessarily the way I thought. And for full disclosure, Osway, I had Heat and seven going into this series because they have home court advantage. If Boston had home court advantage, I might have taken the Celtics to seven, but I'm not sure. Osway, with the, with, let's talk. Can we talk a little bit about last night's game? Because the Celtics had a big response there, 102 82, responding there. Now you go back to my, this is what I love. I love the game like last night. 2-1, home team's back is against the wall. They got to win. They do it. Now it's a best of three. Now we get to see what's up. What What's the mood of the Celtics right now as they head back to Miami? What's the mood of the team? It's very positive, as you can imagine, coming off a win like this. I mean, for starters, they feel like 
they gave one away in game three. They feel like they could have come up big in that one, especially when you look at Jason Tatum, what he was unable to do in that second half. So, you know, going heading to Miami, they're very confident right now. I mean, they pull off a win, a huge win, 20-point win, without their point guard and Marcus Smart. I mean, that was a huge bombshell to drop before the game. But now the Southerners are in that confident space where they can go out and win, it, win a game without Marcus because Marcus was, of course, not in that game one matchup where they, like you said, got their butts whipped or at least, uh, like Brian said, you know, um, the Miami Heat did them the same way in game one. So they're, they're feeling very confident right now, Dex. I mean, the thing about the Celtics is that they feel like their losses are on them. You know, they feel like it's a matter of we, they need to perform like this after wins as well, not just only after losses, which right now they are 4-0 in the postseason coming off after losses. And it's usually a blowout win, just like what we saw in game four. But this is the, this is the challenge, right? This is This is where... They're going to show, you know, where, where their heart is, where, their, where the determination is in, in terms of trying to steal a game on the road, especially in this series when, the, when everything is tied up 2-2. And, um, yeah, man, I, I just feel like the Celtics' confidence right now is at an all-time high. Um, I still think this, this series could go seven, though. The Miami Heat are going to respond in a big way. I can't wait to see how they do that because I, I just can't imagine them uh, getting blown out again on their own home floor. They, they really don't like that, by the way. I, I know that, like, that's stating the obvious. But, like, they, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, like, they couldn't stop talking about game two. Like, man, they did that to us, and they did that to us on our floor. Like, it's like, whoa, man, like, <laughs> how dare you try to, you know, embarrass us? And that's exactly what he said. He's like, man, these guys tried to embarrass us, and they did. And that was after game two. So I can imagine how Jimmy's feeling after game four, where the Miami Heat barely scored 80 points in that one. And Jimmy Butler just didn't have it. He did not have his offense whatsoever. And that's a trickle effect, in my opinion. When he doesn't have it, or at least or at least when he's not productive, right? I mean, we've seen games where he's not scoring 20, 25 points, you know, but he's being, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's getting the playmaking down. He's, get, he's get finding his guys. You know, he's finding his rhythm on the defensive end, coming up with stops. He didn't have any of that in game four. And a lot of people are wondering if this was a health concern, if he's banged up, if he's battling something. I mean, no one's 100% right now in the playoffs, but in my opinion, it was just a tough it's just a tough game for him. You know, when the Celtics are playing that way defensively, it's tough for any superstar. I mean, we saw the same thing happen with Giannis and Kevin Durant in the last couple of series. So to see how they respond is going to be interesting because that's going to be, I mean, obviously that would change the complexion of the series if the Miami Heat were to, were to win one at home, heading into game six with a, with a chance to close out the Celtics on their own home floor. So listen, guys, strap in, man. This series is it's not over. It really I'm, is. Listen, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying I'm, to tell Celtics fans that. I'm like, it feels like, it feels like your team is up 3-2, but they're not. This thing is dead tied at 2 Well, you know why? You know why, Josue? Because a lot of your fucking media peers are in bed for the Celtics, and they want this team to win. <laughs> oh, see, because, see, like, see. in Game 3, in Game 3, they ha- right <laughs> as the Heat were up 15, the Celtics, ha- the, the halftime analysis for ESPN was like, yo, they got some momentum. Jason Tatum hit a 3. They're going to come back now, and they fucking didn't. And it's like this – and here's the thing, like – I understand the lust for the Celtics, who have won like just four championships since the merger, uh, for them to be great again. But oh, it's, it's but, more than that, though. It's but, more what than I've that. like three in the eighties, they had one. You know, the one people like this. Ryan, 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 are you saying that you feel that like can't uh, get past the Eastern Conference Finals, man? That's what it is. Are, are you are you saying that you think the Miami Heat are being disrespected here? They clearly are because we're. This is a team that's Here we two go. games, two. I, no, 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 no. Fuck that. Because you say shit like oh, you yeah, say that. No, because no, Dexter does this shit all the time. He goes. Wait, the, wait I said no, what? No, no. Look, I look, look, what? All season long. All <laughs> yeah, season long. All season long. Me, Dexter Henry, Jamal Murphy, Gerard Hector. And I say this with love. Fuck all of you. Because in the group chat, all season long, all season long, I don't hear dick when the Heat are playing well. But as soon as they have any offensive struggles, yo, Bryant, what's good with Bam? Yo, Bryant, what's good with Jimmy Butler? Like, what's happening here? No, 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 Any fucking time. And it's like an ESPN halftime show because this team is two wins away, two wins away from potentially going back to the NBA Finals for the second right. time in three years. And the analysis at halftime on ESPN is, yo, the Celtics got it going. They picked up some momentum when they were down fucking 15 in game three at halftime. What is- nobody, nobody, is, nobody knows 
how good this team is. Nobody knows who Gabe Vincent is. They still can't pronounce Max Struess' <laughs> name. They're calling him Struss. Yeah, what, happened, what happened to those guys? What happened to the undrafted backcourt that went off in game one, man? They haven't shown up since. They were okay in game three. And then yesterday, yesterday they just yeah, had – collectively they had a bad game. But the, the, See, I mean, geez, Lowry, Lowry back into the fold. But the, the, point is that, the point is that this team is good and people – who are professionally paid to understand why this team is good, does not understand what makes this team good. And you can yeah. tell, and I can tell as somebody who's watched them all season long, that a lot of people now are watching them for the first time because they're like, yo, what's good with this player? I thought he was this, that, and the third or whatever. The playoffs are different, okay? Yeah, and like, no, I'm it's, with you. Just, it's just not going to be the exact same way all the fucking time. And then it's a lot Listen, of shit like this. People... Hold on, I'm not finished. Then it's a lot of shit like this. <laughs> He's I was, angry, guys. He's I was angry. on ESPN this morning, and a Boston writer, I'm not going to mention his name. I decided I'm not going to. I was going to, but... I'm, I'm probably going to know who it is. <laughs> from Bo- we all know story. who it is. He's from Boston, and, he, and what was his game recap after this? And he picked the Celtics in six, by the way. Shocking. Um, when things have gone poorly for the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals, it has been when they've lost focus and allowed Miami to speed them up and turn them over, leading to the fast breaks the one consistent way that the Heat have scored in this series. So the Heat have only won two games in this series, Josue and Dexter, because the Celtics tend to lose focus sometimes and let Miami come back into the game instead of Miami being a fucking good team and actually winning these two games. Maybe, just maybe, I want to say maybe they just don't respect the Miami offense, right? Or the Miami offense has had struggles. Let's not act like they have not been they've been this model of great offensive consistency or that there should not have been concerns about their offense and other players there i like miami i think miami's very good i don't think you do but here's here's my thing (laughs) with this this is not just miami this is all these fan bases stop being so insensitive and caring about what the media says and respecting your team how sensitive are you about this like it doesn't matter you know what matters winning why do you right, care? Why do I care what one media member says about whatever team I root for? Like I need their respect to validate winning. If you get to the four wins, if you get to the four wins and you get to the finals, and Brian, you said second time in three years, which I'm with you is a major accomplishment. And you want to say it should be talked about more? I'm with you. Fine. But I don't get I can care less about what these media folks say. I really can't. If you know your team's playing well, that's all that matters. Stop. Being so sensitive, fans and Brian, stop it! Y'all don't no, gotta no, no, be no. this way. No, no, Y'all no, no, gotta no. be this way. The I'm off I'm, my soapbox I'm, now. I'm gonna toss it the whole thing after this. But I'm for me, I tell them the same thing. It doesn't matter. But my issue is clearly it does. No, no, no. In terms of that, my but my issue is don't get it twisted. My issue is people watching this team don't understand what they're watching and have tried to discredit them in every turn, and that's annoying. Because like going into the Hawks series, it was like, oh, the Hawks could win this series. The Heat aren't even that good. Whatever, whatever. And then it plays out. And then it's like, oh, pff, you know, they're not that good. They hack all the time. Whatever. And then with the Sixers, it's like, oh shit, you know, James Harden, Joel Embiid, whatever. And then they make them look stupid, and the Heat don't get credit for that either so it's like we're continually moving the goalposts jamal did it in our group chat he said oh you know they just beat the sixers james harden's cook Joel b missed the first two games whatever and i'm like all right we're gonna keep downplaying this until they potentially lose in the conference finals or in the finals if they don't win the championship so that people could turn around and be like eh, they were a one seed but they were fine they had a they had a you know easy path to go into the eastern conference finals whatever i already know how this is gonna go and a lot of y'all and do you think any of this is real do you think like, what's real here and what's not? This is something Brian put up in the rundown. Do you feel like the Heat are being disrespected and the Celtics maybe get too much credit uh, in terms of them being a premier franchise in the league? Do you, do you think that's that's actually something going on here? I mean, I, I think I think sometimes the Celtics may get a little too much credit just because of people just not crediting the, the Miami Heat's defense. But a lot of that has to do with the second half that the Celtics had. Look, they were the hottest team in the NBA. You know that that um that turnaround that they did, that they did going into the postseason like that that weighs a lot for some of these national riders and, and some of these analysts and, and I just feel like with the Miami Heat they just haven't been as impressed with their postseason run but I've I guess I'm I'm one of the outliers because I, I always felt like the Miami Heat was going to be a tougher matchup than than some have seen all throughout this entire play playoff now a lot of people and I'm, I'm with you Brian a lot of people were like oh you get past Giannis you know that that's going to be a huge accomplishment you get into the final level oh, wait a minute now. 
the Miami Heat, they, they're going to have something to say about that. And obviously, they, they made their presence felt, or they made their statement, rather, in that game one blowout win against the Celtics. So, look, it's going to be tough, tougher for the Celtics. You know, I think um, that plays a part in this one. I do think the Miami Heat have a deeper team, a deeper second unit. Um, the Celtics' the second unit did come up big last night in game four, but the, the Miami Heat starters, man, they, they, they dropped the ball in a big way, you know. But again, that's Celtics' defense. I mean, and, and look, the Miami Heat, they, Eric Spolster is one of the best coaches in the NBA. He's going to make adjustments throughout the course of a best of seven series. He's continued to do that. And, um, you know, leading into game four, I was saying that he was, he was winning that coaching matchup against Ime Udoka. But Ime came up, came up with, a, with a huge punch in game four. But let's, let's see what happens in game five, you know. Um, Tyler Hero wasn't, wasn't available in game four. Um, you know, unlocking Bam, of course, I think is a huge key for the Miami Heat. When he's going, the, the Celtics just have a really hard time slowing him down. And it opens things up for Jimmy. It opens things up for the shooters. Um, they still haven't – I mean, no, they, they had that one game. But I, I'm, I was going to say, going into this series, I'm like, he's going to have that one three-point shooting game, that shootout game. And the Celtics have to be ready for that because, um, you know, historically throughout the course of the regular season, you know, even the second half, the Celtics, they, they struggle in defending the three-point when, when the team gets really hot. So um, that's something that could definitely happen in game five. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't shock me. So here, and here's my thing. Yeah, man. Duncan Robinson's been ice cold. I mean, uh, he can't get off the bench. Obviously, hero can shoot. Yeah, he can't get off the bench. Man, you got you got a throwback night from from Oladipo, and, and and you know it's in a losing effort, but you know it's just something to build off of. Man, these guys can really get going. Gabe Vincent, you know Max. Max could have one of those you know nights. Max Struz got one of those games. He's been cold a lot. You know what? Yep. If I had, if I was a betting man, you know maybe he he scores four or five three pointers in game five. Like, that, that's the kind of offense these guys have. That's the kind of weapons that Eric Spoelstra has. He, he knows how to use them. See, here's my thing, right, for, for the Heat fans that feel disrespected. All year long, we hear about Heat culture, how it's so good. Pat Riley's so good. And I have a ton of respect for the Heat culture. Brian knows this. You, can, you can't act like now you haven't been getting the love. Like, Brian's, Brian, to be fair, Brian's not wrong about some of the stuff that he's saying. He's not wrong about that, Right. There has been this thing of discrediting. I, I this this Brian's gonna feel like I'm supporting him on this. So Brian, just smile. Brian always <laughs> talks about Brian always talks about, about the overpromotion of stars. And to some, to some, I am not with Brian on the whole underdog mentality in the way that he is. But Coward. to some level, he is right about this, right? And so the Celtics have quote unquote sexier players, right? We could we could say that. Or he talked to arguments about Atlanta, Philly. They've had sexier yeah. players. And people might say, well, the best player in the series, and Brian knows I don't agree with that all the time, is going to win the series. And I think some of that is at play with the Heat. I do agree with that. I think some of that is at play. My only point to the Heat fans is just win. Just win, man. You win, it's going to take care of all that noise. They were doing it with Jimmy Butler. Because they don't know how to talk about this team. And when Jimmy Butler was going off, they were having a simplistic conversation. Oh, it should be Butler, like the best player left in the playoffs, whatever, whatever. Instead of talking about like other things that, you know, probably wouldn't get as many ratings. So what the fuck do I know? I'm not a producer. ESPN, who cares? Do you so, they even oh, did it with Jimmy Butler, <laughs> who I love and, you know, is one of my favorite players to watch in the league. I admire what he stands for. It used to be homeless. Came up. Uh, went to Juco, junior college, junior college all-star. Wasn't even an all-Big East player. He was an all-Big East honorable mention guy. Late first-round pick, most improved, et cetera. And he's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. And the conversation around him became, is he the best player left in the playoffs just because he was going off scoring-wise? And people don't appreciate his defense or the other things he does. But whatever. Do you think Coach Sway... Hold on, real quick, though. I just got you. Yeah, go I love this... I love this. I love this. Uh, this, this mic that, that Brian has set up. Man. I feel like I'm talking to a customer service rep. Like, you help me out. So I went on a rant. I went on a rant before the you got on. Channel package, man. I want stars. I want all of that, man. This is Look just a video game headset. It's a HyperX, but like free. Yes, luck. that's exactly what it sounds like. You know what? That, that's a better one. The problem is, I have another mic, but the stupid port is loose because those mics are fucking sensitive to shit. And I oh, I heard them. you guys talking about that. The yeah, 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 we were talking yeah, about that yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, I don't know if you guys mentioned that by name, but yeah, you fucking mic, bullshit. Yeah. All right, continue. I don't know. I was gonna ask. Now. I was gonna ask Josue. Do you feel like what you've seen since we talked? Brian was talking about what's real and what people might not understand about the Heat. But do you feel like the – because with the Celtics, like the Heat, I think either team has shown flashes of brilliance in short periods of times throughout these different games. Do you feel like what either you've seen from the Heat last night in game four 
what we saw in game two. Do you think that that's the real or 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 these just flash in the pan moments and it's going to come down to more of the intangibles in these potentially final three games of the series? I think it comes down to the intangibles, but it also comes down to the stars, right? I mean, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, you know, Bam Adebayo. I think it does come down to those guys as well. We talk a lot about the, the depth that the Miami Heat roster has and guys stepping in and coming up in big moments. Sure, that's going to that's gonna play a part as well. But at the end of the day, in, in those fourth quarter matchups, it's, it's got to be those guys. You know, like the, the, the fact that the Celtics went in to game four, having to tie things up was because their big star didn't show up in game three. You know, it's flat and simple. And it was a disappointing appearance because you didn't have Jimmy Butler on the other side. He was out for the entire second half. And, you know, to see Jason Tatum go 0 for 6 in that second half, and he went 0 for 2 in the third quarter alone, that part, that part bothered me the most. Man. I don't know why. Something like that, just something about it just didn't sit well with me because it's just like, man, you, you Jimmy's not coming back. You know that already. And you're not aggressive in that third quarter, you know, so the – the Celtics are going to hope that it doesn't happen again, obviously. They're going to hope that Jason Tatum is going to be aggressive in, in, in his approach offensively. But also, they're going, to, they're going to wait for that counter from the Miami Heat. You know, and they got to be ready for that as well on the defensive end because guys are banged up. They're two big defensive juggernauts, and Robert Williams and Marcus Smart are far from 100%. You know, Robert Williams is going to be day-to-day for the entire postseason, you know, so that's not good for the Celtics. You know, Marcus Smart, we're not sure if he's going to be able to play in game five. And the fact that these games are every two days doesn't help these guys. But it also, at the same time, could help the momentum, you know. I, you, you talk about the Celtics coming out and, and sending a message, right? And they did that. Don't get me wrong, game four. They did that offensively. They, they were clicking. They were, they were, you know, in tune with, with the way that they usually play basketball in terms of everyone getting, getting their touches, moving the ball around, and, and attacking the, the rim, you know, and getting open shots, knocking those down as well. But the Miami Heat missed a lot of open shots in that game. All right. You know, maybe it's fatigue. Maybe it's just the, you know, the, the pressure, I, I guess, the, of the big stage, that big moment. But guys missed a lot of shots. And I, I credit the Celtics' defense, but I also, I also think it's a, it's a matter of these guys just missed a lot of open shots. That's going to happen. You're going to have games like that in the best of seven series where, where you're playing every other day. And, you know, you're going from city to city every four or five days, you know. So I'm, I'm a little tired myself, man. You know, <laughs> so, like, it's just – it's gonna again the, the team that responds is it's it's just been the, the the theme of the series, right? The team that responds after an L you typically wins. But how how far will that go in this one? You know, what's that gonna mean for the Miami Heat when if, if they if they go back and, and, and drop one in Miami in their own house and are down three two in the series? You know, that's gonna be a tough turnaround. That will be a tough turnaround. So with with that being said, I wanna I wanna hear the keys from both of you. I definitely wanna hear Brian uh on on the on the Heat side too. What's the what's the keys for the Celtics to win this series? Two out of three. Obviously, the Celtics are going to have to win one on the road um, against Miami, who had the top seed and has home court advantage here. And I think you're noting, Josue, that it will not be easy to go down in Miami, and you're going to have to take one of those two games um, that you could potentially play there. So what do you think the keys are for the Celtics to come out victorious here uh, in two out of these last three games? Just get into the offense quicker, you know, none of that stagnant stuff that tends to happen when they don't, when they're not sure of themselves and they're second guessing themselves. You know, Jason Tatum is probably the leader in that sometimes when he's really struggling, the offense can get stagnant and he's really, just, he's trying to find his own offense and it just disrupts the flow of the Celtics altogether. So you don't want to see that happen if you're the Celtics, right? And of course on defense, they have to continue to be, you know, clogging up the passing lanes, staying in front of their guys, you know, making sure Jimmy Butler doesn't get going making sure he's uncomfortable. And then on, on the offensive end, I, I just feel like whether it's a, a Derek White or something that we saw, you know, those seven points in a row in, in game four, maybe maybe Grant Williams can give you some some um, production there on, on offense. They're going to need one of these guys to step up that, that's not named Tatum Brown or, you know, or Marcus Smart if he's available. You know, the, the offense has to come from other guys. They have to spread it around. And, and again, this, this second unit, this is a thin team. You know, the Miami Heat have more reinforcements than the Celtics do for sure. You know, Payne Pritchard can hit you a couple of threes here and there, but you know I don't know what you guys are thinking about Payne because some people think that he's he's this he, he's this guy who's going to put up 13, 14 no matter what off the bench. That is not who Payne Pritchard has ever been this year for the Celtics. He, don't get me wrong; he has his games, he has his moments, but when he you know when he is when he can't get, find his shot, it can get really dark for Payne yep. Pritchard. So the Celtics um, again, someone has to step up here. In game four, it was Dwight, uh, it was uh, Derek White, but. We're going to have to see who it is in game five. How much do the fans love Peyton Pritchard up there? 
They love him. Oh, man. They? they love him. His jerseys <laughs> and the un- his uniforms in the stores and everything. And you know oh. Here's my thing about this stuff, too. See, Brian, Brian likes the underdog. You know, the kids you, in Newton and Wellesley and, Brock, you know, all the surrounding towns there. They love, they Bra- love Peyton Pritchard. Right? They love Peyton Pritchard. And, yes, I know why. <laughs> Brian loves an underdog. But I'll tell you what, Brian will not be rocking a Pey- Peyton Pritchard jersey. That's not going to happen. Brian's well, you don't like Oregon? Sh- you hate Oregon or what's up? Wait, say that again? Does <laughs> he hate the Oregon Ducks or what? No, 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 no. He just he hates everything Boston. And that's it. No, not everything Boston, but <laughs> figured, but, but, but but to to back Dexter up on this point, Peyton Pritchard just like on the surface. And I only mean this in a sports way. I don't mean this in a personal way. But you guys, no, I know, I know but, where he's going. So laughing. Put the camera on everybody, Dex. I want to see everybody. Yeah, that's yeah. What you got? I know, I know, Dex. I know where you're. <laughs> I know why you're laughing. But like, just in terms, uh, he knows exactly what I'm going to say. Just in terms of sports and just basketball, nothing personal because none of this shit is personal. We're just talking about sports at the end of the day, right? I absolutely detest what Payne Pritchard represents. Okay, like, I just, just from a sports way, he reminds me of, as somebody who played a lot of private schools in high school. Yeah, I was going to say, he's that kid. Yes, he reminds me of all these fucking kids I saw at, like, Columbia Prep and Trevor Day (laughs) and Collegiate and Dalton and all these fucking schools in here in New York. He reminds me of a lot of their guards that I have to use to guard that, like, I have PTSD over, not because they were locking me up or anything (laughs) like that, but because, like, we would just go go at each other and shit yeah, like that. So, yeah. Payton yeah, yeah, Pritchard is just like... He I, used just to have reminds, chase, I used to chase Payton Pritchard around all the time, right? He's yes. Like, I, I, I've, I've went He's out that a, guy. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've dealt with a lot of Payton Pritchards in he my life. He hides behind so screens. And, and on top of that, him he, getting fouled. Oh, he did yeah, also yeah. just grab Jimmy Butler's knee uh, and apparently inflamed it, wow. uh, which is why he missed the second half of game four, which oh, I he did know, that. All, all, all the coverage about Jordan Poole trying to reach and then grabbing John Morant's knee and nothing said about media darling, I wonder Boston why. Celtic no, I mean, darling, I mean, listen, paying Pritchard grabbing Jimmy Spolcher Butler's tried to, knee, Spolcher right? Tried to play, so he tried to play that card, but it didn't. No one was he also said it was too late to do anything. But like, look, <laughs> yeah, that, our our friend of the show, Gerard Hector, tell it. I asked him, Brian, tell him why you mad. Gerard, you missed. Brian was on fire. I've been earlier. doing it all episode, Gerard. All apparently. episode, he's been bringing that. He's been bringing episode. that heat. Uh, yeah, yeah. Payton Pritchard, up, is a, like Payton Pritchard. Yeah, he's he's somebody like I, I, like he gets a receipt for me if I'm on that Heat team. You don't grab my star players' knee like that. Jake, you're yeah. getting a receipt from me and our home court. I'm surprised he didn't get one yesterday. But he, you might, you I might. Mean, see but it's it. been that kind of series, man. You see, Grant, he's got a. That's not a birthmark, man. He's got a. He got bruises on his face. He's got, oh no, 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 no. I'm, I mean, look, it wasn't a basketball play. I mean, I'm with you. I, I'm it's not it's just the pr- it's just the principle of you grabbing my star player's knee when he's going to need off season surgery already. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. like Jimmy Butler's going to need a procedure done to take care of that. So, you Ooh, know. Pey- Peyton Pritchard, they love they love him up there in Boston. Uh Brian, for you, <laughs> what do you think are the keys for the Heat to win the series here if they're going to take care of business? They got the home court advantage, two out of three at home. Like I said, what do you think the keys are for them to win the series and not only win the series, get some respect if they yeah, win the series? Because we know Bam we want tapping that. Tapping into his inner KG. Yeah. Are we going to see Bam become KG? Kind of like like he did in game three. Uh, kind of like I was – I don't think they need that to win, though. I think these teams are dead even which is what I've been saying all along. That's why I said it's going to be a seven-game series. I think with, similar to Boston, you have to get into your offense quicker. You have to be able to not be stagnant. The ball has to be popping. It has to be moving. They're a really good team when the offense is flying, and that shit was not flying at all last game. Uh, it was in the beginning of last game. And, yes, you have to be able to create some better looks for Bam because there are times where he doesn't get into the offense enough, and some of that is just scheme where he's not necessarily being set up to get those looks because they're so focused on getting their shooters open. And when they focus on getting Bam his first and he's able to do that like he did in game three, the shots will fall after because you can get your shooters open after. Now, if you can get Bam and Jimmy going at the same time, then it might be game over if you can get enough stops. The thing is, that hasn't happened that's often what I think enough. Might, that's what thing might happen. Sorry, yeah, that, 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 that's something that hasn't happened often enough and that's something that they could be able to manufacture. It's tough to do because they they occupy sort of the same space. But, mm. like, you should be able to do that. Tyler Hero, we'll see if he plays. He hasn't really, like, you want to talk about Bam. 
Tyler Hero has been the worst player on this team in terms of plus minus and on off rating mm. in the playoffs yeah, by far. Yeah. Um, when he's and the difference is when Bam's not like being a factor offensively, even though he should be more often, when he's not being a factor offensively, he's still what the main factor defensively for this team. When Tyler Hero's not hitting shots, he's useless because he's not going to get yeah. stops on defense and he's just going to get picked on on defense by Jason Tatum, by Jalen Brown. They're going to body him up by Al Horford. They're going to find switches, find ways to hunt Tyler Hero. And if he's not hitting shots, then he's fundamentally useless in the series. So that's really it. It's just getting guys going quicker offensively. And the key for me for Miami is always just get stops. If the, like I tell people all the time, if you win 77 to 72 Nobody outside of Gerard Hector is going to give a shit. Just win the game. <laughs> Yo, you know what I mean? Just win. Gerard. Just wow. win. Just knock it. I'm saying that because, look, again, I say it with love. I say it with love, but still fuck all you guys because y'all been bullying me for three straight years. Nobody was bullying you, Nobody was bullying I'm defending you. myself, all right? Fuck this shit. But, yes, get it to your offense quicker, but most importantly, Get stops on defense because if you're going to win, the Heat the, the heat cannot win without playing good defense. You're not going to win a shot-making contest with the Celtics, okay? And Gerard, it's not a straight, all right? Again, I, I come with love. You know what I mean? I have Ash Ketchum on my shirt. No straights today. It, it's, it's, it's not love, guys. It's not. He's so angry. And Gerard asking the question needs to be asked. Why is he out here catching strays? They were sending shots to Gerard all day. Just, just, <laughs> I want Gerard to see the rest of this episode. He's going to yeah, die yes. laughing. Yeah, there, there, there we go. It's, we, know, we know it's all. Come on. If anybody's watching the show, you know it's love because this is Brian's energy all the time. You know, you know that. Yeah. He's just, he's just an extra it. spicy say. The Heat didn't win combined with the uh, technical difficulties. He's extra spicy, Josue. Oh yeah, the, yo, the, the, I can't help. It's not. It's not even the. Lo- I could. I the, the win loss. Whatever. It's yo, just, I lost it when I. I, 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 I hate when. I hate when people who are supposed to be leaders in our industry uh, always fail at doing so because they don't cover things the right way and they don't cover things the way they should. <laughs> and we have national correspondents and national, you know, TV personalities still not knowing how to pronounce Max Struess's name after four games in the Eastern Conference Finals, but. It is what it is. Wow. <laughs> a lot of energy. They All can right. pronounce Payne Pritchard's name, though. They won't fuck that up. <laughs> I wonder why. I'm getting, for Christmas this year, guys, I'm sending Brian a, a little green gift, a little Payne Pritchard jersey. Uh, for him. That would be his <laughs> gift for Christmas this year. Bro, my, the, 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 worst, the worst was, was when Giannis was in like his fourth or fifth year. People were still calling him. Ante Labumbo or Ante Lapumbo. It's like, yo, it's Ante <laughs> oh my God. Like, yeah, Man, we yeah. all had to practice it, but just do it. Get, get it over with because you gotta. You have to know that guy's name. He's going to be one of the best players in the league. And then until until he finally took that step or at least he started to approach it, everyone, mm-hmm. they realized we can't butcher this dude's name. No, don't try to just call him the Greek freak the whole broadcast. Kendrick no, Perkins, you got to say his name. <laughs> Kendrick Perkins still calls Bam out of Bayou, Bam out of the Bayou, like he's from fucking Louisiana. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Yeah, but he also calls Rudy Gobert, so but that one's on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I, I never, I'll never understand that when it's your job to know these people's names, especially if you're on TV. It is your job, literally your job, to know part of this. All right, guys, we're going to move on. It's usually the local broadcast, too. They don't want to say, oh, they say his name wrong on the Kumbo, but they like they do it real quick, so they try, like, no one's going to pick up on it. Like, yeah, yeah like, no, 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 we heard you. We heard you. <laughs> um, moving on, moving on from... Uh, Basketball. We'll talk a little hip-hop real quick before we uh, get out of here. Oh, word. Let's do it. Um, 2022. The last couple of years, Brian and I have always been saying this. From the beginning of the year, we'll be like, man, it's slow. Things aren't really moving the way we want in hip-hop. You know, we, we don't got... And, Josue, you and I talked about this uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit like ago. A couple we, months ago, I think it was. Right? Yeah, a couple yeah. months ago when we were do, when you were on The Exchange, you and I were talking about this. And it's like, okay, every year seems to be the same thing now. No heat. And then as soon as the heat literally starts turning up uh, in terms of temperature, not the team that Brian supports. But <laughs> as soon as that starts going up, then the heat starts coming out for, you know, hip hop. There's been a lot of good stuff. We just got Kendrick. We had Pusha yeah. T last month. We had Jack Harlow for some of y'all that like that. Um, I didn't check that out. <laughs> um, we got we got Future who was on GQ as the greatest rapper alive. You know, we, for, you, we, uh, for people who we, listen to that guy, we had that. Yo, yo, and that's not, that's no disrespect to Jack Harlow because like Jack Harlow, yeah, it is, cool. it is. But it's just, that, that that album was trash. Yeah, but 
Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> no, I, I didn't even listen to I it. I listened to part of it, listen and it just it. was like, this is this is okay. This is mediocre. Yeah, it was bad. Um, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's whatever. It, it is what it is. Uh, but what have you guys been thinking about how hip hop has been, uh, heating up lately? Um, and it, and what we good. might see. What, what have you thought, Jose? I, I loved it, man. I loved it. Obviously, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge Kendrick guy, and he didn't miss with this one, man. Man, I, I really enjoyed this album, guys. Uh, I heard it like three or four times straight through, and it's just one of those albums where, like, every time you listen to it, it's just you start dissecting a part of the song or dissecting part of the album that you didn't realize the first time, second time, or third time. And I'm probably, what, the next time I put it on, probably my fifth listen. And I just think he's he's just pushing things. He's, he's changing the narrative in a way, right? I, I feel like he's challenging... The entire game. Well, he's always challenging the game, right? But this time, it's just like, hey, guys, we can be more vulnerable. You know, we can be, you know, talking about therapy and, and talking about, you know, ways to improve yourself and, and staring at yourself in the mirror, like, like things like that. I feel like everyone is kind of tiptoeing around in terms of like, like hip hop as a whole, and especially after the pandemic, where guys were, you know, all that isolation and and, and people were, were sort of opening up you know, on, on, on social media platforms, people starting podcasts or whatever. I mean, I feel like hip hop has got to continue to trend in that direction. Where, of course, you're gonna have people who are gonna make the the dance records, the 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 you know the ones that that you play in the club and shit. But you also you want to hear those records that where guys really give me give me some good lyrics, man. Like give me like look, you don't have to be as deep and you don't have to you know talk about uh, you know your feelings all the time. But give me something else, you know. Give me some some kind of tell me a story, you know. And I feel like that's what Kendrick did with this album. So I, I was really impressed with it, man. Yeah, we love we lo- we love that album. I'm I'm with you in that Kendrick is pushing people to stop. And it's funny, it's a literal theme on this album with the sounds of the tap dance you hear. Like, let's not tap dance around the conversations yes, um, that yes. need to be had. The and that's what I'm, you know, yeah, about therapy, like you said, uh toxic masculinity, um, you know, just inner feelings, working on yourself, all that stuff is dope. Right. Um yeah, I've sat with that album, I've probably listened to it at least like 12 or 13 times. Uh, Greg, Greg, Sylvander, <laughs> Greg, Greg, Greg Sylvander DM'd me after he was on the episode the last time, and he told me his count was wrong. And at the time we recorded the episode, which was only like four days after the album dropped, he had already listened to it like nine or ten times, and I felt like I was way behind. He's probably over 20 now. Um, but it's good. Is there anything you... Brian's looking forward to some projects. Brian, I know you like... I'm, we're, looking, we're looking forward to Joey Badass next month. Yeah, um, yeah. Logic is dropping a new one. Freddie Gibbs supposed to be coming out with with his with his new project. Freddie Gibbs got to stop getting fucked up first of all. Like it's just (laughs) that's your boy. That's your boy. What's up with that? I want him to to drop his album and just drop his album. Like I want him to stop getting into fucking beef that forty year olds shouldn't be getting into, especially with someone like Benny the Butcher. Like y'all should be like coming up together and shit. I know, right? Like um, and also Danger Danger Mouse Dex and Black Thought to be off too. Yes. Yep. Those what? are coming out. Um, so there's oh, like you, didn't, you, didn't know, you didn't know about no, that, Josue? No, yeah, Danger Mouse crazy. and Black Thought. That's coming in, what's that, August August something. Something time 13th in or something like that. I'm yeah. trying to pull up a list Who's right the now. the guy he teamed up with last time, a couple years ago, that album he made? Um, oh, the, uh, he did that album, the the uh, Streams of Thought 3. That was Sean, Sean C. Sean yes, C. He, yes, did, he, he did that know, with. Yeah, I love that album, album, man. Quick story. Yeah. I was... I was in Milwaukee covering the series. This is a couple of years, a few years back. And it was just one of those days where, like, you know, you finish the coverage and everything, you just, I'm just exhausted, ready to go home. And I was, I was, I had been listening to the album early in the day, but I just, like, it slipped my mind and I got distracted. And I wanted to go back to it. And, man, I get an Uber, I hop in it, and he's playing the last song that I heard, which, which blew me away. It's part of my favorite song on the record, on the whole album. And I'm like, yo, this is that black thought. He was like, yo, I just, I just found out about this right now, man. Like, this is my first, just the first track. I was like, yo, turn this up, man. It's going to be dope. And that was one of, yo, my, one of my favorite Uber rides ever, man. I'm just that never happens to me. Dude. That never, I never get into an Uber and anybody's ever playing anything that I actually like. Never. It's always, it's always quite the radio. It's, it's always the opposite. Rare, yeah. And you know what I do? Get an Uber and they're playing whatever. And I'm like, where them AirPods at? Here we go. Yeah. yeah. That's how you know. <laughs> I don't like your music. I'm like. I always, yeah. I, no, I, I literally, I literally always listen to music. Like my own shit when I'm in there because they never yeah. listen to, they never listen to anything I'm listening to. But I'm pulled up the list of like some stuff that's coming out soon, and um, you know, Brian's sorry. like, what's you? Brian's like, can you uh, change the Jack Harlow, please? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I still haven't listened to Jack Harlow's album. All right, so we got MC Ren, Post Malone, 
Those are two albums I probably won't be listening to. Joey Badass, June 17th. <laughs> June 17th. That's 2017. Um, the same day as Kevin Gates and Logic. So I know who my first play is going to on that day. Um, Lupe Fiasco and Chris Brown. Lupe Fiasco oh. and Chris Brown. Not, oh, yeah. not together. Oh. Not together. Not together. No, speak, speaking oh, speaking of that, to say, like, what? L- L- what day is Lupe Fiasco? Lupe's is that the 17th too? June 24th. Yeah, so the Lupe. It's called. Lupe, it's called it's, I like the title, actually. I like the title. It's called Drill Music in Zion. I, I, now, here's the thing. I, check, host away. I don't know if you checked it out, but check out, check out his first single. It's, I, I actually like it. I, I actually it's like good. it. I listened to it the I other day. It. It's good. And here's the thing I like about this album for Lupe. It's going to be 10 tracks. All of it is with soundtrack. Producer did a lot of stuff on his first and second he album. He finally stopped doing those 20, 24 tracks. Yeah, he stopped oh, doing God. it. He finally smartened up. Like, he finally smartened up. So <laughs> that maybe, was one of my biggest knock on the cool, man. I love that album, but it was... It was, it was it's cool. a little long. It's, yeah, good. it's a really good album, but it's a little long. Yeah, but cool. if he gets back to tighten it up and isn't trying to be, like, super over everybody's head, I think it could be really good. Because um, well, I, I love the last album. part. Actually, maybe, maybe maybe it wasn't the last one. The one before that, what was it? Um, Drogas? Drogas? What was that? 2018? Drogas Light was his last album. That was 2018. That was too long. Man. Oh, that was the last one then. Okay, that's the one I'm talking that, about. That one yeah, wasn't a, bad. That one it had lengthwise, and it was... I, I didn't care. The songs were skippable. But I yeah, sk- it was... I mean, that's the thing. The one, the point, one before I that... Test- to put, yeah, I want that to put a solid album together. That one's better, Dex. Test on Youth. Yeah, that one was better for yeah, me. Yeah, that was a better album. Yeah, that's it was tighter. With, it was a that's the better. one with um, uh, the prisoner Real. shit. Which one? Prisoners one and two. Yeah, prisoners one and two is on yeah. there. Yeah, that that album was better. Drogas light was like not light. It was too heavy because it was just too many songs. But like, it, yeah, it, I it was good. Um, anybody else you look at? I know you're big. Sucks. I know you're a big Cole fan, Josue. Um, oh yeah. Are, are you hoping he he drops something again this year? I hope he does, but I'm I'm not gonna cross my fingers, man. I don't think he I don't think he'll drop. He takes his time with his albums, and um and listen, I I really like the other album too. Off season was good, man. Probably my favorite, one of my favorite albums of the year. But it's just I don't know. You know what I'm gonna say, Dick? Like, I d- wait, what? Wait, you're gonna say that Kendrick's album's album of the year? Is that what you're gonna say? Well, yeah, but no, I was gonna say like, when's Cole gonna drop that? Like, when is he gonna put out a blueprint? You know what I mean? Like, like that full like. <sighs> No, no debate. This is his best album. This is one of the. This is a classic. Will he drop a classic? And maybe he I, won't, and that's okay. I, I'm still a huge Cole guy. Like that's my so. What? Is, so what? What do you have as his? Be, what do you have as his best album? What's his I best? I don't even album? know. That's the thing. I don't even know, man. It depends on what mood I'm in. Um, Brian, what's Brian? What's the best? What's the best Cole album for you? Best Cole album. Oh, it's not. Four, not it's Forest Hills Drive. See, I agree. I think it's Forest Hills Drive. I think that's yeah. his I think it's best Drive. album. Because that's the that's the one that I could listen when to when it came out. That's what through. I was saying. That's the one that I could listen to straight through easiest. And I yeah. I don't know. I, I may have one skip on that album, maybe. But to Josue's point, I think what Josue is saying, and I agree with him on is this, is that that album does not have the bona fide classic feel that everybody feels yeah. in the way. Like, like, I, I thought Offseason had a shot. And it was good. It was great. It, it was really good, but it's not, it's not that. Yeah. It's good. I think that's his second best album. Um, I think it's really good. But yeah, I just don't think it. I, I don't think Four Hills Drive has that stamp like Good Kid, Man City does, or To Pimp a Butterfly yeah. does. Huh. You're like those are bona fide, undeniable classics. Yeah. Like it, it and does, I know what you, I think I know what you I mean think about that does. blueprint. Like, like I want to get the vinyl. I don't even have a record player. Like that kind of. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think I think it I think it does with Cole fans, which duh. But I'm trying to because I have seen like other people call it a classic or whatever. I would say it is. I would just also say it's only one. Uh, if you're not Which counting, one, four cells? yeah. If you're not counting, okay. uh, because I think I think the warm up is a classic mixtape. Oh, I agree with that, but but that's oh, man. you know, but that's a different um, type. of Friday project. Night Lights is for me, man. I love that. I love that mixtape. That's Friday a great I, mean, one too, I, I like, think both yeah. of those are classic mixtapes. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm liking I how think... these mixtapes are trying to they're trying to put them on the uh, streaming platforms. Yeah, you know, it's been like ten oh, years. Oh, if they put so the warm up, oh Nick my god! If they put if they put the warm up on a streaming platform, woo! I don't know how you could do that because I, I think eventually like, he's rapping over oh, like yeah, dead presidents and shit. Like I, <laughs> I think eventually it'll happen, man. Hopefully, just the classic, not all of them, but the classic mixtapes. I mean, Lil Wayne was starting to drop them a bit. I think, um, like some of the classic ones are starting to they're starting to pop up now. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, Kendrick's Kendrick's been 
Kendrick's album's been incredible, man. What else? Um, Push It was good. Push It was good. Uh, it wasn't better than Daytona, but it was a good album. What you, you guys think of Push It? I like I like Pusher. I think Brian and I are kind of some people were really high on that album. And I'm really? a little I'm a little higher than Brian, but not that much higher than Brian. We think some Yo, people That's funny. Some, yeah, it's funny you say that, man, because when I was um, you know, for the for the Brooklyn series, yeah. I was, when I was in, when I was in Brooklyn, man, I was in I was in do or die Ben Stein. They, they they put me in the as my boy as my boy Justin. You guys met Justin, right? My boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. My boy yeah, Justin yeah. put it. He said, Oh, they put you on the other side of Atlantic Ave. It was, it was a little, you know, it was, it was nice though. It was cool. You know, I, I I was okay with it, but it was funny because like every, every time I was walking around, it was blasting that album. Everyone's blasting that album. So I was like, actually, that was the reason I was, it reminded me. I was, oh yeah, the album came out today. It was that Friday. I was there for, I was, I was in New York that weekend for the series and I, I popped it on and yeah, it's good. Like I heard it a few times and I was like, it's, it's a good album, but yeah, people are, people are really hyped about it. Yeah. I think it's a good album. I like a lot of the Pharrell production on there. This, like, Call My Bluff is probably one of my favorite songs this year. There's yeah. some really good songs. I don't like some people. I saw people throwing around the c word for it, which I think was come on. Man. What? Yeah, wow. let's 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 pipe down on that a little bit. And I, I think I gave it like an eight. I think it's a solid listen. If if, it, if that's a classic, then what's Daytona? Yeah, <laughs> right. That's that's what I'm saying. I think Daytona. I think Daytona is a better project than than it because I just think it's a you know it's, what else more, it's, it's more cohesive. Sound and lyrically through. Yeah. There's things I oh, like. Don't get me wrong. I like sound. this, but the to other me, point. I, I think him the, and Kanye just they just they just make better better music, man. I don't know. I hate to say it, but and I was really excited about this one because obviously the connection with him and Pharrell go way back. And yeah, you know, listen, three or four of those songs were bangers. Don't get me wrong, but like yeah. in the sense of like keeping the consistency throughout the entire album, he was he's not Kanye. And, and look, I'm just saying when they when they pay together. I'm not to say that Pharrell's with not another so, artist that he yeah. can never top Daytona, but when those two would get together compared to when him and Kanye get together, I just think that's just it's just it's, a match made in heaven, man. It's funny you say that it's funny you say that because I actually feel like the Pharrell beats on that album, I actually prefer more to the what I thought Kanye's production on this yeah. album didn't match Daytona. Yeah, I think the Daytona production. Oh no, was no, no. Like, yeah, on this well, Kanye did what, two songs on this album? Yeah, two or three. I'm saying, he like, did. Yeah. I'm saying a Kanye produced album compared to a Pharrell produced album with Pusha T. Right? With with like, Pusha T, right. You would yeah, say you take that. I just feel like the the like you said, like the the, the how cohesive the album was, the flow yeah. of it, like it was all sort of like and I feel like some of these tracks on 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 the um, on his newest one. Not that they were like out of place, but they were just kind of like a little off, you know, the, the, the beats, you know. But they were all, yeah. they, were, they were good though. Don't get me wrong. The album's good. I just, yeah, that Daytona, man. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. I'm just, <laughs> I was hoping it would match Daytona in a way. But yeah. And, and Bri- see, Bri- see, Bri- Brian, Brian was saying to me the other day, and I didn't listen to this, but Brian texted me the other day. And he was like, oh, I'm listening to the new Boldy James. And Brian, Brian told me before he was going to listen to this, and after Brian texted me, he was like, <laughs> yeah, no, I actually that. like this better than Pusha T. Um, I think the production is better. Brian actually texted me that, and I didn't. I still haven't checked it out, but Brian was telling me, you know, Bowie James and him are kind of in the same subject matter category, yeah. if you want to yeah. say. Yeah, uh, I like that. But yeah, I got. I got to get old to me. I like that. Bowie James, James project. Bowie James is sneaky, turning forty this year. So shout out to him. I did not know that. Bowie James project is really good. It's called Killing Nothing with Real Bad Man, who I looked up as a producer group that's based out of, I believe, L.A. Hmm. And it's it's concise. It's 12 songs. Um, you know, there's, it's pretty uniform and similar to one another and shit. But, like, it's just consistently good throughout. The production is really good. And I think, like, Boldy James has been on a nice run here. We talked about The Price of Tea in China being one of my favorite albums that came out a couple years ago. Um, and then he has something else. He had a couple things after that. But this was probably... This is, this is, his best project since then, since Price of Tea in China, which is really good. And that was with the Alchemist and I believe 2019 or 2020. I want to say 2020. Yeah, it was, it was a good one. All right, man, we'll, we'll see uh, what we do and what we have in terms of hip hop this year. But I mean, for me personally, Kendrick, Kendrick did it. Um, I don't know if somebody's topping yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah. We will see. Oh, Sway, I mean, did you, have you I'm heard, jump back into that right now. have you heard a Denzel Curry's project or Vince Staples project? Oh yeah. I forgot about Vince Staples. Yo, it's funny, man. I feel like 
my I'm, I'm a title guy, right? I feel like my title has been throwing Vince Staple at me like over and over. Like I need to listen to this dude more often. Like he, he, they're always trying to listen, make me listen to a new song. So I've heard a collection of his songs and stuff, or his last I think no, it was his last project, one of his older projects. But I haven't heard the new one. But I want to check it out, man. I want to get more into him. He's good. He's good. His his he. This is like his first like big album, I guess you would say, in a while because like he did have FM that came out last year or the year before. But like Big Fish Theory is really good. That came out in 2017, and the Summertime Joint, uh, Summertime. I don't. I forget if it was Summertime 05 that came out. I think a lot of the songs were off of that one. Yeah. Yeah, Big Fish because Big Fish Theory was like his last like big release, I guess. But this album that he came out this year is really good. This is it. This is one of the best albums that came out this year so far. Um, and it kind of sounds. It kind of sounds like he goes back to the summertime vibe a little bit. From like 15. Summertime was the album that people considered his best album before Big Fish Theory came out, and some still do. Um, but also Denzel Curry's album, I'm higher in it than Dexter is, but yeah. it's one of my favorite albums this year. I've played it front to back a bunch. Uh, I barely have skips on it. I, I probably have a couple. But like, I think it's really good. Right, Denzel, Denzel Curry's album snuck up on me because I didn't know it was an album that was coming out. But Denzel Curry's like become like one of my favorite artists currently. Yeah, there's been, there's been there's been some good stuff. Davies put out a good project too. That wasn't that wasn't uh, a bad. Um, so so you know we'll see we'll see how the rest of it goes. All right, but we 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 done this uh, long enough. Uh, are you still before we go? Are you still sticking, Josue and Brian? Are you sticking with the Heat and Celtics to win, uh, Josue? I think you picked the Celtics, right? Good Celtics yeah, seven. Celtics Celtic seven. And Celtics and Brian, you still sticking with the Heat and seven? Heat and seven, yeah. I can't wait. Can't wait till the series is over so I can let one of you guys know who was wrong on Twitter. I'm just gonna yeah, stay. Someone's gonna get out. <laughs> yeah, here's, get out. here's the one thing. Here's before we go. If well, maybe the Brian Heat... could get a damn L after after winning the freaking, <laughs> you know what league? Damn fantasy uh, league. Fantasy man. league. Ah, oh, oh yeah. What? You yeah, ain't getting like, flowers. No. Yeah, yeah. 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 See, yeah. see, Jamal see, Kay and Brandon, you still owe me money. All right, putting it out there. Oh, this is so get that money. right there. Yo, pay that man. <laughs> pay that man to give him his flowers today. <laughs> and, and listen, Ryan, Ryan wants all the respect in the fantasy league. And I'll tell you what, if the Heat win this in six or seven or whatever, man, Brian's going to be insufferable on Twitter and in real life. Y'all ain't <laughs> going to be able to tell him nothing. I'm going to get out of him. Nothing. Like nothing. And look at his face. He's like, yep, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, for he's all not even smoke. denying it. He's like, he's not even denying it. That's how you know. Did you see his face? He's like, I'm ready. I, I'm look, ready. look. I will say this, Dexter. You know me. You know Yo, part of eight that. Straight you... weeks, I was the number one man. That was eight straight, <laughs> I was man. The winning streak. <laughs> the winning streak I had, and that damn. Stuff. Yo. I, I think it's all about it's all about momentum, man. That end of the season into the playoffs, I'm telling you. Man, I, yo, I started the season. I was like eight and zero, oh, and then I went into a tailspin because of all the COVID stuff, and Just then like, came, yeah, and then Emerged. and then yeah, Jose was dominating for a while. And then I got all my guys healthy at the right time. And Held then it we down six summers. No, I'm just we ended up winning, but yeah, like but Dex, you could tell like there are times there are times on Twitter that you could tell I'm in character. I don't know if everybody can. There are times you could tell. He's like, this is you. What do you mean? I mean, I thought thought that's just you. (laughs) No, because there are stuff. Just you. There are some stuff that I. Because, like, there are stuff that that I'll lead into because I'm like, all right, you know, let's just fuck it. Let's just do it. Like the like the photo with like the photo after the game with Bam Adebayo next to Kevin Garnett, which I thought was hilarious. I was like, I was gonna post this with no captions and see what happens. And that shit took off a little bit. And I was like laughing the whole time because I'm like, <laughs> he's gonna have a bad game and then people are gonna start coming for me. And it's gonna be like, ah, whatever. But <laughs> look, it's Twitter, it's supposed to be fun. We're just talking about sports, it's supposed to be fun. And uh I look. I'm enjoying the back and forth in this series. I see fans on both sides freaking out, especially on the Heat side because it's 2-2 going back to Miami, even though many of us predicted it would be 2-2 going back to Miami. Mm -hmm. And as I've been saying all series long, the Celtics are really, really, really good. Really good team. And possibly winning the title this year. Whoever wins this is going to give Golden State a run for their money, though I think Golden State is going to be the favorite regardless of who it is. But these are both great teams. And I don't want people to lose sight of that because I think, and I was telling this to Heat fans yesterday, you guys are driving yourselves up a fucking wall trying to be like, Spo should do this and Bam needs to be more aggressive. Like, yo, 
you're back in the conference finals for like the seventh time in 18 years. Y'all should enjoy this because I know fans of other teams who have it. As a Met fan, we don't have this kind of success. So y'all need to enjoy this and stop nitpicking your guys, especially knowing that they're going to be competitive again even next season. That's so. what I'm saying. That's why I don't want to hear all this. Oh, we're not getting the respect. Stop whining, y'all. Stop whining. Pete Alonso <laughs> for MVP. Let's there get it. you go. All right, that's it for this episode of the A Heart Cell Podcast. Josue, thank you for joining Yo, us, man. We love all the fun, work man. you do uh, with CLNS Media. We appreciate you guys. Have you back? I'll probably hit you up to be on the exchange. I'll tell you what: yeah, if the uh, if the uh, Heat don't win, if the Heat win, Brian's gonna be at the top of the week next week at the exchange. If the Heat okay. win, and if not, it'll be you. Somebody's gonna be clowning the other. I'm here for that. I'm definitely here oh, for that. Oh man, and someone's gonna be previewing the NBA finals. For NBA finals, somebody will be there to preview the NBA finals. It's gonna it's gonna be one of you Celtics, guys for sure. Send me to my first NBA finals, Celtics. There you Dude, go. Yeah. Come on, there you get go. it done. Two Brian, more Brian, Brian's out here hating on you. He doesn't want you to cover NBA finals. Yeah, he right. wants the he heat to win. <laughs> nah, it's all good. He and seven. He and seven. <laughs> I, I will say, look, Josue, you know, you know how I feel about you, but Celtics fans are a tough, they're they're tough to like root for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I was seeing people saying, like, oh, Peyton Pritchard should have injured Jimmy Butler, what the fuck, whatever, That's whatever. Like, come on, come on. Like, stuff like that. I'm like, look, I just... Again, both of these teams. The only thing that's disappointing to me about this series is I wanted more 88-84 games, and we haven't gotten that yet. I need, I want, I, I just want shitty offense. I want to see defense. I want oh, to see man. scrambling. Almost, they almost limited them to 80 points in the game four, so that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah but the Celtics got far. 102. I want mud. I want 80 <laughs> to 76. I want 88-84. I want just defensive masterclasses and everybody freaking out about the offense. I love when people complain when basketball is not pure and smooth and it's like, yo, the game doesn't have to be sexy all the fucking time. I like sexy. I don't know about you. I like being sexy. Alright, that's it <laughs> for this doesn't episode. Win shit. The Florida Two- Panthers learned that yesterday. So. 225 of the Hotel Podcast. Special thanks to our guest, Josue Pavon. Please continue to support us. Uh, follow us uh, on all social media platforms and, you know, Watch Brian. See if he's happy next week on episode 226 of the Hotel Podcast. I don't know. We shall see. For Jose Pavon, <laughs> Brian Fonseca, I'm Dexter Henry. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Yeah.